Walt Disney. Yes. Beloved, beloved figure of our of our pop culture. That's how they get you. Yada yada yada. She eventually causes her own husband to be burned to death. And that makes me so happy on cold nights. It especially ended badly for the idiot Peckerwoods. Have a bottle oh, of wow. scotch. Okay, that's twice that he's mentioned redheads. <laughs> it is un-American to get in the way of our freedom to restrict people's freedoms. That was the point. Okay. Title. Yeah. Okay. But, I know plenty about but, these things. But, I love me some Bobby Drake. Yeah, well, yeah, if that's swing, all we've got, then we're darts. being really lazy. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all bone. You can literally poke a hole in it as soon as someone gets pneumonia. Well, I'm yeah, not as old as you. Well, haha, motherfucker, I got a wizard. This is a geek history of time. Where we connect nerdery to the real world. My name is Ed Blaylock. I am a uh, world history teacher uh, via via virtual learning uh, here in Northern California and uh, part-time an English teacher as well. Uh, coming to you live as I come to my students from my kitchen table where uh, it is currently uh, 79 degrees in my living room when our air conditioner is supposed to be keeping it at 74. So you can imagine how much confidence I have in my air conditioner at this point. And, of course, uh, I'm going to place this in time uh, for anybody uh, listening by telling you that this weekend, uh, as we record it, uh, we are expecting to have temperatures of 110 uh, here in, in our part of Northern California. So I have a lovely, lovely sauna-like weekend to look forward to. Who are you, sir? I'm Damien Harmony. I am a distance Latin teacher here in uh, Northern California. Uh, my air conditioning does work, so humble brag. Um, and uh, yet it's still going to be hotter than hell. Uh, but the good news is I'll be stuck inside in yet another negotiation meeting. I would like to say that that dates things. But <laughs> but anybody who knows what district you work for would know that it, it really doesn't. Really doesn't. Like I'm like I, I kinda I kinda wanna harness my inner like uh red from from Shawshank Redec- Redemption, you know. I wish. I wish. <laughs> I'd like to say that it means that we got our negotiations over with. But we both know that my district is not not particularly kind of doing so. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I would I would I would phrase it as uh, negotiations are endless. Negotiations are infinite. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> negotiations pure. We are unrefined. We are, we, we are unending. We are eternal. <laughs> um, you know. So yeah. Um, yeah. So let's I, let's I, cheer I, ourselves I'm up really instead. Sorry. Yeah. With some yeah, science let's, fiction. Let's, so some escapist sci-fi. Last Wait, week. No. No. <laughs> last Hold week, on. we watched Deep Space Nine. Um, and we watched episode 11 from season three called Past Tense. And I promised that we would watch episode 12, Past Tense, um, Deep Space Nine, season three, episode 12. So everyone... Uh, Get out your Amazons, uh, get out your Hulus, um, do what you got to do, and it's going to be Season 3, Episode 12, Part 2, Past Tense, and everyone needs to get that puppy going and get that thing queued up. Now, the way we're going to do it is 
we're going to say three, two, one, go. And when I say go, we hit that play button. Okay. All right. So get it queued up. Make sure you got your, uh, I'm telling you this, Ed, uh, make sure you got your uh, closed captioning on. Everyone yes, else, because, uh, put us in one ear and, and listen to it in the other. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right. So we'll do a test run, right? So okay. this is the test run. Three, two, one, go. And then All you right. would have pushed it. All right. Now for realsies. Here we go. Three, Three. two, one, go. All right. And you Last get time. the recap. Yeah. So they went back in time. Yeah. Technobabble, technobabble, technobabble. Mm-hmm. Technobabble? Technobabble. Historical babble. Exposition. Exposition, exposition. Watershed events of the 21st century. Yes. The Gabriel Bell riots. Yes. I know, I know in the midst of everything else we're talking about, this, this is going to sound really shallow because mm-hmm. it really is really shallow, but um, Jedzia really cleans up really well. Like, yes, she is hot. a beauty. Yeah, like, holy cow. All right. All right. And so, yeah, we see, yeah, the riots and firing shotgun shell in the air and Kid Rock. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to call him that for the the rest of the Yeah, might as well. Right down to the fucking hat. Like, and and the scruffy knot beard and the long ass hair. Yeah. Yep. And now the conclusion. Yeah. And now, moving on. All right. You're looking at. So yeah, he's named himself as Gabriel Bell. They have hostages um, who are yeah. cops who've been roughed up. Yeah. And the social worker. Yeah. Now you've not seen this in a long time, so let's do the over under on uh, anybody being killed in this, uh, specifically um, <clears throat> who. And, uh, okay. yeah. And by okay. whom? Okay. I'm going to say, mm-hmm. um, Kid Rock, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you, oh, let's see. What, what do I want to say? I'm going to say three to two odds. Uh, Kid Rock winds up, uh, smoking one of the cops. Okay. I'm going to give you. About the same odds uh, that he's responsible for uh, murdering the uh, uh, social worker, and uh, oh hey, it's that guy here is about is about to get. Oh no, okay, he's oh. getting he's getting saved. All right, so yeah, I, I think I think yeah, Kid Rock basically has a has a. He's got you know, Chekhov's food. gun. Yeah, he's he's got a he's got a three to two odds of of killing somebody. It is it is in fact Chekhov's gun, although the handgun that Cisco just took from you know hey it's that guy uh, might might just actually be Chekhov's gun here mm-hmm. since since I'm since I'm new to rewatching this this episode 
um, okay. Now, you know, it's interesting to me mm-hmm. that for us as the viewers mm-hmm. in now the 21st century, when this came out in the late 20th century, there there was inevitably going to be uh, racial coding about, you know, looking at, you know, who's pointing a gun at whom. Right. Yeah. But there's no there there all, although there's you know very serious you know class distinctions going on here, and there is kind of subliminal racial stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody is nobody is mentioning it at all. So even in this in this very clearly really intensely dystopian future, it's a raceless seemingly on the surface colorblind dystopian mm-hmm. future mm-hmm. which which is which is still very uh Roddenberryan. yep okay and so that was our cold open yes and here is our you know why opening is it credits. called a cold open by the way this is a thing i don't know um it's okay no, if you sure. don't either. We can always just well, look well, up. no, it's it's uh, it it has to do with with the idea that the the opening credits it, it kind of treats that phrase treats the the opening credits as kind of the warm up to get you into okay this is this is who we all are this is what we're all doing you know this is our show like right here we have you know the titles coming up and and so if the show opened with the the titles like that mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a cold open but in this case it's okay and you're coming from whatever ad you're coming to straight into the show okay and so it's a cold open uh which is kind of a a sibling trope uh to uh, zero to corpse which is from you know like law and order and other you know police procedurals where it's you know you go from you know it's it's almost always a cold open and the cold open ends with the, the finding of the dead body. That's going to be the, the motive, right. you know, the, the MacGuffin for the whole plot of the episode. Now, interestingly, Star Trek, usually your cold open gets you to touch the a story, but usually it's, you're following the B or the C story, or you're just kind of developing something that will show up thematically through the season. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very rarely like, here's the big story. But in a two-parter, your cold open's going to end up probably telling you, here's everything that you need to know. Yeah, well, because, and, and this may or may not, this may or may not have actually been a cold open simply because we had the, you know, last time on Deep Space Nine. I don't know if that obviates it being a cold open or if it's just enmity arrests or what. Right. All right, so we know National Guard... State governor district is secured. There we go. Filtering out of the district for weeks.
Oh, by the way, Clint Howard's in this one. Okay. All right. <laughs> Just kind of a fun little fact. So reasonable guy that they met before who wants to organize. They're sending him out to organize. Yeah. Um, and they're giving him kind of his purpose in all of this. And he's actually uh, very cooperative and heading the right way. Yeah. Now, here's a funny thing. And, and our audience might not know this, but it's just kind of interesting that when you have people talking to each other, the uh, closed captioning is all in caps. But when you're watching something, uh, hearing a recording or hearing uh, a video, everything is uh, standard, like not just all yeah, caps. normal, normal, normal typeface. Yep. Yeah. I just I always found that <clears throat> to be kind of nice. Yeah. I do like that yeah. connection. Yeah. He's and and yeah. again, he's a gradualist. Like this is not a problem I have to deal with. So we can find out stuff yeah. later. And she's like, no. Yeah. I've got friends who could get killed. Yeah. It's it's an interesting, you know, point of um, bringing up the idea of privilege without actually pointing out, you know, privilege. Mm-hmm. Well, um, also, he's that. friends with the police because yeah. he's, you well, know, and he's a guy that would have no reason guy. to deal with the police, too, because he's rich. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah. Yada 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 yada. Technobabble, technobabble, technobabble. Bit of business with the tablet. Babble, mm-hmm. babble, babble, babble. Rene Albert Jonois, um doing his his usual very good. I'm deeply impatient. Like you know, figure this the hell out. <laughs> Why are you all so dim? Yep. <laughs> she broke her nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that they're they're camouflaging her 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 alien features with a with a breather right strip. That's yep. that's nice wow. and easy. Okay, maybe you better say nothing. I'll do the talking. Right. Right, because here we go back to period in the past. We're not one hundred percent certain. Have they said when they're going to? No, that's the fun oh. part of these little vignettes. Oh. So Crap. they went to the thirties. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Residual interesting charge. So this is them unsuccessfully looking for Cisco and Bashir. Again, let's get them into the film or into the uh, episode. Let's get them doing something that's visually kind of appealing. But yeah. this is the B story. We'll we'll need them yeah. at the end when they rescue them. Yeah. So, and it's and it's a yeah. it's a it's an empty street. Right. And Uh-oh. so you can see a boxing advertisement there. You can see the fur coat. You can see very rich people. It is the 30s. Yeah. Coming out of, undoubtedly coming out of a speakeasy. Yep. I told you not to say anything. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I do have to say uh, the set design here is uh, very well done. The, the the sense that you get of, you know, stress, overwork, everything else. 
is is remarkable and and you know looking closely at um kid rock's costuming here yep i i think he's he's actually wearing a a hat that i own <laughs> only only mine's in much better shape because mine hasn't been abused by a costume designer to make it look like it's being worn by a hobo right um i, I want to point out it's not a cheap hat uh, <laughs> i'm sure there's cheap versions of it though uh yeah okay could be but it Yeah, so here's where maybe. you you start to see the difference in approaches to what's going on. He is very much caring only about himself. Cisco yeah. cares about the future and can't tell anyone about it. And um... <laughs> Carl Flynn was born in Tasmania. <laughs> you, and then the other guy cares about the overall community. So yeah. Let them get their own hostages. And this is him knowing what's going to happen and mm-hmm. using it to inspire people. Yeah. Now I'll log on to the interface because they have the internet. Because they had the internet. It was nascent as hell. Yeah. And so this is yeah. projecting forward what it would have been. He's got the face. He's got the family. He's the guy next door. Yeah, he was in Life Goes On for the last three years. Like from 89 to 93, he did Life Goes On. Yeah, that's true. So you have a data link. I mean, again, you know, they're they're generalizing and they're trying to figure it out and what have you. Yeah. But, you know, I again, I like the detail that they put into this place. You have really good overhead lighting, um, but it's uh, kind of terrible. Um, and you've got... Um, uh, even a camera in the uh, upper corner there. Yeah. So, oh, check your email, buddy. Wow. Yeah. Edgy. You people. Mm hmm. Yeah, um, the over under on uh, Vin getting out of here is 
not good. Well, okay, it's not, not but think narratively. By the way, that's like the chief of police that's trying to negotiate with them in front of an army truck. Yeah. Which I kind of like because yeah. it talks about the militarization of the police. Yeah. Um, but uh, what do you call it? Um, if you if you have him who is an unrestrained bigot, I think he's gonna live because narratively you need someone to have changed to show that if I can change, you can change. We all can yeah, change. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. So, the, we are the, just so people know we're at the sixteen minute five six seven second mark. The social worker has just been, you know, roughed up, manhandled by Kid Rock yep. in in front of the terminal here. Because again, nobody imagined mobile devices in you know nineteen ninety five. Correct. <laughs> uh, a lot healthier for you in the long run. Yep. Yeah. Um, just for the record, the hat looks a hell of a lot better the first way because right now he looks like a complete fucking moron but anyway <laughs> sorry no worries i like he hands the gun to the doctor by the way yeah yeah i would also point out though that your uh chief of police is um she presents i would say hispanic yeah um i i could i can see that definitely yeah so Now, ideologically, what's going on there? Um, he's, you know, we we don't deserve to be locked up. I get that, but very much like we want to work, we want a chance to do such and such and so and so. Um, yeah. By the way, you're going to tell the governor for us, um, which in 2024 may or may not be Gavin Newsom. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. but I would like to. I, there's there's something about that ideology of like all we want is is a chance. I don't know what I would call that. It it feels uh, a little well, Booker you know, T Washington esque. It's it's Booker T it's it's Protestant work ethic. It is um, that. Okay. You know, it's it's you know the dignity the dignity of being able to have a job, the you know, all all of the I mean it's it's it, it's still capitalism. The thing is 
uh, you know, Roddenberry designed a socialist utopia, but but in the writing that we have here, they're fighting to try to you know get the the right in a capitalist society to work, which which is actually Marxist at its core because capitalism yeah. is the last stage before you can get to the utopia yeah, that is yeah good point yeah, yeah. according to according to Marxist theory you're right uh, got in a little trouble didn't want to put his real name on the computer okay so she's she's now kind of dangerous to the timeline because she's spotted you know the difference in the name there okay mother not being able to take care of her child And just kind of appealing to the humanity. And then now you see how social workers get ground down to just pushing papers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my job. Yeah. You get these little monologues that would absolutely work as audition pieces oh yeah oh yeah no they'd be great for that um and they they kind of come they, they they sound like they're out of uh you know uh steagle's work steagle Siegel. anyway mm-hmm. yeah no they're 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 you know slice of life working yeah. you know kind of kind of inner inner monologue kind of stuff sure oh uh, no Am I the only one picturing Vin having a Trump sticker on his truck? <laughs> like, you know, calling them all losers. He's the one wanting to be the big hero, getting up. Right. You know. I think this guy might also be trying to look and sound like Art Carney. You know what with the the, uh, the hat. And everything, I would yeah. I would say that there probably is something to that. Oh, yeah. Then you're not you're not helping yourself here, kiddo. Just just shut up and let your let your fellow revolutionary, you know, or let let, let one of the revolutionaries, you know, save your stupid cotton picking life. Again, just the sheer hostility of the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. It was in a great Cisco moment here. Yes. Again, Cisco uh, yeah. understands what's at stake here completely. And he's trying to talk some sense into the guy. And 
this is just some fantastic acting on his part because you see his face break just a little bit there. Yeah, yeah, around his like, eyes. Yeah, and and corners and, of his and, mouth and and the and the breathing he's doing right here. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, clearly that's... yeah. The way he closed his mouth there. I gotta I gotta keep it together. Yep. But I really want to just like completely freak yeah. out. Serious moment. Let me up moment. Yeah. And we can't hear it, but they're I think they're playing Jimi Hendrix there. Uh yeah. Yeah. That would that would that would suit. Yeah. <laughs> I love the I love the flashing light coming out of the window behind him. And and oh dear. <laughs> wow. Yup. Like like did 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 Doing writer... all this good writing and then you did this. <laughs> and then and then and then, and then this is our portrait of SF in in the '60s. This is supposed to be Haight Ashbury, something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. Like, I could, I could tell you. Wow. English muffins are still a thing. Well, you know, you need to get breakfast for ten thousand people. That's oh yeah. A, you know, relatively utilitarian way of getting it done. Kind of makes me want one tomorrow. Not gonna lie, me too. Yeah. What are you doing? Oh no! If they if they kill the kid, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> Not even lying, I am gonna be so mad. Yeah. Well, the cost of this revolution. Yeah. So. Sorry, kind of don't care. If they kill the kid, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> I'm just saying narratively. Oh yeah, well yeah. yeah. Glucogen and what was left of the clinic. Okay. Oh yeah, Vin thinking he's being all scheming, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see his family. Look, you gotta let him go. You gotta let us all go. Yeah, how about you, you know, recognize that well, like, more Im- you're keeping a whole bunch of innocent people fucking prisoner. Well, like, more, more importantly than than his, so he's like kind of manipulating. But you know what? Um, the cops there are switching places in some ways. Vin has shown shreds of humanity. This guy is kind of hardening up because it's affecting him personally now. Before he was point. sympathetic, and now he, um. Now he's hardening because yeah. he's thinking more about himself. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the, I just want to get home. It's like, yeah, so do I. Yeah. That, that, that does sound nice. <laughs> yeah. Form a committee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he immediately goes to, you're telling us nothing is going to change. Right. The governor is not going to let the situation continue forever. Mm-hmm. We're going to roll the trucks in and, you know, start shooting people. Right. Feels a little um, 
Portlandy, doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah, for for those of us watching this, you know, in this time and place. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm getting kind of a uh, Les Miserables vibe, too. Oh, yeah. Her haircut helps, too. Yeah, well, her her haircut and her whole her whole outfit don't don't hurt. Yeah. No, I mean, gives that Les Mis feel like she's the boy ghost yeah. collecting the bullets. Oh yeah, yeah, a little bit. Oh no, it's gonna be trouble because here she is. Oh my God! Speaking of <laughs> that guy, that's Clint Howard. That's yeah. Okay, so fun fact. Uh, this is just for like you know, hey, there's some people who have uh, worse mental issues. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll come back to him when we see him again. So now they're trying to hack the net. Yeah. Yeah. And now we finally get everybody reunited. Thank God. Mm-hmm. I I really want to watch her smear him all over the floor. Yeah, I know. Because instead, we know she could <laughs> totally disappoint, disappoints him. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like during the filming of this, uh, Vin's hair got dyed because he's old. I I doubt that it bit. did, but it it just in that scene it looked like it. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a comedic moment. Yep. So now we've got the plan. Yep. And he knows that he has to see it through to the end because no Gabriel yep. Bell means because no everything. No no timeline. Yeah. And we know that Winter's there's no there. timeline. They don't know that yet. But we definitely know. Yeah. And and Bashir coming out of his fuckboyness to uh mm-hmm. be, offer to be one of the ones to stay behind. Yep. Ah, and this is how they get the net and access. Here we go. Because, you know, privilege. Yep. Thing. 
privilege has its perks. Take some persuading, but I think I'll do. Uh, I think this is where we get to see Clint Howard again. Yeah, probably, since he was, you know, loping behind her. Beforehand, mm-hmm. he would be one of the ones who took her comm badge. Exactly. I'm trying to remember what happened to Cisco and, and Bashir's comm badges in the first place. It never explained. Had... Never explained. Okay. Yeah, they just existed without There's... them. Yep, Clint uh, Howard. Feels... Yeah. Okay, so Clint Howard is Ron Howard's little brother. He shows up in every movie Ron Howard directs. Um, maybe it's his older brother. I don't remember. But he was also in one of the first episodes of Star Trek where they run into yeah. a, a child who is actually a, an adult. And he's about three yeah. or four years old, and they dubbed over his voice. And he basically uh, just yeah. wanted people to come play with him on his ship. Yep, I remember that. And I got to say... Mm-hmm. This is going to be awful, but um, I mean, now that you point out that he is Ron Howard's brother, I can definitely see the family resemblance. Mm-hmm. And in a family where Ron Howard is the pretty one, that's yep, kind of saying something. Yeah. I don't want to be like, I know that's not kind of me, but... <laughs> Yeah, I just recently watched Far and Away, and Clint Howard is in that too. He's really, guy, yeah, he's the guy that runs like the chicken processing plant. All right, yeah. All right, back down the manhole we go. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I understand what you're asking me to do. Here's some more exposition. <laughs> They're acting like criminals. They have guns. <laughs> They've taken the hostages. So the power of the media. So here's something that they got right. They just didn't get it in the right way. We all have our individual phones to do this now. You've got yeah. Zebra Productions to do this now. This was this is a conglomerate and he's going to make yeah. use of all of the all of the interfaces which is essentially very similar it's just ours are wireless and pocket held um and he's doing it for the sake of ratings whereas other people are doing it to raise awareness but regardless you do have people um publicizing an event and making it so everyone has to confront it and cannot um can't look it. away. Yeah. Yeah. Eliminates their ability to look away. Yeah. Well, you'd be surprised. Well, we're not surprised. We're living it. But uh, it, it's surprising yeah. how how much people do look away. Oh, well, yeah. The, the capacity of people to look away is mm. continually disappointing. 
Oh, in other sanctuaries, they're starting to have disturbances. So kind of uh, yeah. nationwide. And now she's being ordered to storm the building, I think. Because you don't want these things rising up and people to pay attention. Yeah. Which, the, moment, the moment media attention yeah. starts happening, it gets... Now, saying the governor's doing it instead of the president's doing it, because, you know, it makes sense. You're in city, you'd talk to the governor. Um, and also uh, saying that the uh, president's doing it, uh, it would be ridiculous to assume that the president would send in troops to a city to put down protests. But we have a history no, but, of governors he, doing that and of mayors doing that, say Chicago, 1968. Yeah, and well, and we actually have presidents ordering it in the case of the bonus riots. Yeah, that's a good point. Army. But that was you in know. D.C. proper, though. So, in some, you know, that's in his backyard. Right, well, yeah, granted, but you, yeah. you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, that's there, a really good question for it. And, you it, know, the Whiskey Rebellion, for fuck's sake. Like, you know, yeah. I mean... But was it the governor or the president that ordered uh, the putting down of the New York riots? I think that was the governor. Probably sure. pressured by the president. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the president was, you know, yeah. on the telegraph, you know, making the telegraph wires pretty hot. But mm -hmm. um, I, it was probably a governor decision. Yeah. All right. Now they finally found it. I found Dax. All right. Cure to Dax. Dax, do you hear me? Ah, I know where that Tick. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, plenty of people do. It's a yep. recognizable recognizable landmark. It looks nothing like that, by the way. Yeah, no, it's looks yeah. nothing like that. Actually, a uh, friend of the show, uh Derek, is a San Francisco denizen. So yeah. he might also like knowing that reference of Polk in California. Um, he could probably tell us where some like really good food is around there. They're talking baseball, by the way. Um, oh. and this timeline, uh, the Kings, I believe, played for London. So baseball has become has multinational. Become yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, well, baseball is one of Cisco's passions as a, right. as a character. It is. It's one of his things. And and he really follows Buck. I forget Buck's last name. Bokai. But uh, Buck... It it, what's that? It just got mentioned. Buck Bokai. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bokai, who is the greatest baseball player ever. So it's a Japanese player playing for a team in England. But uh, they'd previously mentioned that Europe had fallen apart. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that they'd still have baseball there. Well, uh, you know, keep in mind that, you know, the person who said, you know, Europe is falling apart was an American tourist. True. And in conversation with a group of other hoity-toity, you know, people. Talking specifically like about the continent, made, too. Yeah, you know. So statements like that get made. Oh, here you go, You know, Ed. conversationally. Oh, You're no. You're sending the sun home. Shit. Oh, 
Oh, the son is wearing the same hat as uh, this guy now. Oh, no. Now, he wouldn't have cocked that long, long ago. Um, yeah, well, you know, as a as a gun nut, Stuff like that happens all the time. You just learn to ignore it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, it's the way of saying I'm ready now. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a it's again it's it's visual mechanical shorthand. Yeah. For for that. I get it. Like when we talk about oh I was writing this email, people's hands will look like they were writing an email. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, know. you know. Oh. Oh. Wow. Yeah. That's oh. that's this is remarkably graphic for for a Star Trek episode. Yep. You know. I like that. The the state police come in and fuck it up where the local police have not. Uh, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, or pacify the building. Yeah. Yeah, pacify. Yeah, did a great job. I also would point out that the police are remarkably unarmored. They they definitely got that wrong. Like police nowadays yeah. are just insanely armored. Yeah, they're heavily armored. Yeah. You know, like carrier plate, stop at 223 around, mm-hmm. armored. Well, okay, when they're doing something like this, they're very heavily armored. Rest of the time, not as much. All right, so... A bunch of people been hurt. A bunch of people been injured. Um, BZ? No, BC. No, BD. BD. Uh, hat dude looks like a hobo. Um, yeah. he's been shot dead. Webb has yeah, been he's... shot dead. The yeah. uh, dad from Life Goes On. The son is still alive. So far. Yeah. Episode ain't over yet. Ooh. I don't trust anything. Look at that. How could we have Look let this left. happen? Yeah. Oh. Ah. And this is how we can still have a Gabriel Bell who died in the Bell Riots. Cantankerous guy would have been cantankerous anyway. Yeah. All right. Yeah, narratively, all right. 
Yeah. Now, returning to the present, we were turns to out discover. the timeline's been restored because Gabriel Bell did die. Okay. What I like also about this ship is the quarters. There's bunks. Yeah, it's, it's not a it, yacht. It actually, yeah, it, it actually looks like a real yeah military vessel. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to explaining this to Starfleet Command. Yeah. Well, at least it's a good picture. Yeah, about that temporal displacement policy. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's the here's the moral uh, lesson okay. at the end. Well, you see to me. That's a good question. How could they have gotten things to get so bad? Everyone. Yeah. Some anvils need to be dropped. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, so good escapist uh, science fiction. Totally not tied to what's going on nowadays. Pure, pure fluff. Yeah. Pure exactly. fluff. Yeah. I can always count on Star Trek to just take me out of the reality I'm take dealing you with. Out of out of whatever stressful social justice situation you find yourself in. Except there was that one episode of The Next Generation that uh, was very preachy, um, where Picard becomes Robin Hood. Um, I just felt it was very heavy-handed. It was very clearly uh, a reference to the Triangle uh, Shirt Marxist, Factory Marxist fire. propaganda. What's that? Oh, okay. Yeah. Triangle Shirt Factory. <laughs> Nicely done. Thank Nicely you. done. Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, 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 does, it does have its episodes of you're kidding right right but yeah there's, you mean like there's... where crusher fucks a irish ghost oh lord mm-hmm. yeah and that that shit happened yeah. i think in the seventh season there's no excuse oh yeah no there was absolutely no excuse for it or you know any of the any of the clip episodes in any any series in any any season oh see i'll give them that because that tells me they ran low on their budget for the other ones and so they they didn't have the budget for a good episode, so they just put together a clip, a bunch of clips. Yeah, well, I know, but yeah, I'm, I'm just saying as 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 you know, storytelling goes, those are ones that you're like, oh, okay, it's going to be one of these, you know? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So. So yeah. Yeah. That's. That's that. That's yeah. I I gotta say. Um, I'm a little disappointed mm-hmm. in, and I mean, it's an artifact of it having been the nineties, but I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed in, uh, Dax mm-hmm. not having more to do, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I mean, her her the, the role she plays is important, but it's it's very clearly not a co a plot. It's very clearly a B plot. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, we're we're talking about you know a, a great character again. There, there really weren't any. Well, okay, I won't say there weren't any, but there were very few weak characters mm-hmm. on the show, and they yep. were. And there were no, even even when a character wasn't all that great, the person portraying them, the actors were all amazing. I mean, they just had a great cast. Oh, yeah. 
and and I feel any of the times that they leave any of these folks without enough to do, I just feel kind of robbed. Right. You know, like if if you if you have an episode and 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 as you pointed out at the beginning of part one, you know they've shoehorned the whole the whole ops team onto the bridge of the Defiant. Mm-hmm. Like, why is everybody there? Like, I I feel like. Uh, it would have been a better choice to just be like, okay, no, look, they're going to Earth. These are the characters that we're going to see. They're going to be here. And, like, let everybody else have a life on screen that we don't have to know about every minute of every episode. Yeah. You know, and just just let the audience realize, okay, we're going to be focusing on these characters for this couple of episodes. Like, there we go. You know, and, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, I get, I get narratively why they, why they had to have, um, Kira and, uh, O'Brien, you know, doing the vignettes in, in the different decades of, yeah. of the chasing them down, yeah. chasing them down. I, I understand why they had to do that. It, it feels clunky, but it might've kind of been unavoidable. Right. Um, you know, to, to, to bring the whole plot together and explain how the, how the heck it is. They, they, you know, made it back, uh, without it looking like a deus ex machina. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta, you gotta show your work or it winds up looking like God from the machine, which I understand, but I don't know, still feels kind of clunky. Um, but yeah, I mean, by and large, it's, it's, it's a great couple of episodes of TV and as, as anvils being dropped by a Star Trek show goes, um, it's very well done. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and I give a lot of credit to the writers for DS9. When they did this kind of overt, no, no, we're making a statement kind of thing, they, they did it, I think, with more finesse than Roddenberry ever did. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I know, I know there, there, there is a, a faction or a, or a sect of, of Star Trek fandom that like it, saying anything like that about Roddenberry is, is heretical. Uh, but he, he had a great many strengths. Subtlety was never one of them. Right. And, and I mean, there are some things that just don't need to be subtle. I totally get that. But, you know. Him, him, and Rod Serling could compete with each other over my sledgehammer is bigger. No, <laughs> my sledgehammer is bigger, and mine is made out of neutronium. You right, know, like, dude, and and they managed to make the points here in a way that never feels contrived. Like, well, but it's obvious, can't you see? He's yeah. black on the left side of his face and white on the right, and I'm white Oof. on the left side of my face and black on the left. Like. Dude, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like I get that, it, and and that that it, that was a a I think any treatment of that issue in the original Star Trek in the time that it was happening would need to be pointed like that. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, maybe not quite delivered with the same level of of obtuseness. I, I, don't, I don't I don't know how else to say. Ham fisted. Ham fit, yeah, there you go. It's it's yeah. it was yeah, and and I think I think here, all of those beats, all of those moments of, you know, 
oh, hey, we're making a statement, I think managed to stay very true to the characters and to the to the to the arc in the milieu in which they were existing all all of the characters in the past uh even though they're they're very briefly sketched because we only have two episodes to get to know them um they you know they're they're characters you know they have they they have they have some level of a personality they have some yep. level of a backstory yep and and everything they do manages to be clearly motivated by that, you know, but by by who they are within that world that they inhabit, and and I just yeah, I, that's that's if you want to make a story resonate, I think it's it's easier to make a story resonate when you're able to keep it grounded in character that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I don't really have that much to add. I you know I did a lot of the research up front on it. Um, I think that it's um, scary how prescient it is because these were problems that they saw as a problem in 1994, and here we are, damn near 30 years later, and we're still running into the same problems. And so it's not so much they predicted the future as they call, called out what was happening in the past and we haven't fixed it, Yeah. Um, which is those very last two lines. How did this happen? Um, and how can we prevent this from happening again? And, and as you, as you mentioned in the last episode in the, in the first episode of, of the show, mm-hmm. Uh, Bashir's line is very pointed about, you know, if we ever get desperate enough, are we going to be true to our principles? Yeah. I think it's, is, you know, one of those moments of like, Oh wow. Um, just add us. Why don't you like, yeah, no kidding. Holy crap. 2001 you know, called and they said, oops. Yeah. Doodle. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, and, and one of the things that, that kind of struck me, about the description of of how the Roddenberry verse Earth of 2024 got the way it did mm-hmm. feels again. I'm going to say almost kind of naive. Is is you know Cisco said, well, you know the problems just felt insurmountable and they just they gave up. And you know the thing is, and, and we've we've had this conversation with other people on on Facebook talking specifically about homelessness. And, and this was kind of interesting that we had because we had this conversation earlier today um, that, you know, we know that, you know, mental health mm-hmm. care is is if, if we if we were able to figure out how to how to fund mental health care, community based mm-hmm. mental health support and care for you know people who in this in this show were dims, you know, if we could figure out how to how to help people in a community way and we actually we know how to do it we just haven't put the money there yeah if if we put if we put the money toward toward doing that if we prioritized that and if we just said okay no look um if you are homeless here is a tiny house you know Mm -hmm. 600 square foot tiny Mm -hmm. house on a on a plot here you go and we're going to house you we're going to give you an address 
and like studies have shown like the fins and I hate giving the fins credit for anything because I have it's one of my few prejudices because mm-hmm. my my ex-wife was a fin um but you know like the fins figured out how to solve it like mm-hmm. no you give them a house and most of them who can are going to go back to work and the ones who can't are the ones that you need to be giving the addiction support to the right. mental health support to the other whatever whatever else it is they've got going on if they're cognitively impaired or whatever they mm-hmm. you know like they're the ones that you need to be providing services to and you know what that gets a shitload easier if you just give them a place to fucking live yep absolutely but but here's the thing we 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 know that anybody who reads the studies and reads what the fins did and reads how the stuff works we know that the problem is that there is this faction within our society and again this gets back to hey all we want is we want to get out of here and we want to get jobs the problem is we have this 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 idea of the idea of the deserving poor as opposed to the undeserving poor and there are people who are so stuck on this idea of whether somebody is deserving or undeserving that they're not willing to solve the problem for the people who do deserve it. Right. Because God forbid some lazy fucker just, you know, gets a free house like Okay. Which is funny cuz when you're rich, yeah, that's completely acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because and and now I'm going to put on my my pointy pointy-headed uh uh religion nerd hat. Mhm. Uh, you know, that, that all comes down to, again, it's related to the Protestant work ethic, the idea of predestination. And, well, you know, if you're wealthy, then that's a sign that God loves you. You know, because you're either going to go to heaven or you're not, and there's no way for you to know, but we all need to know whether we're going to go to heaven or not. And so if you're successful, it means you're, you're more likely to be predestined. You're, you're one of the elect. You're more likely to be one of the elect, which is where prosperity Oof. gospel comes from. I mean, it's it's bullshit. Speaking, of course, as a Catholic, but like if you read the fucking Bible and if you stick to what Christ actually says, if you're following Christ, that's not how it works. But through multiple generations of Protestant fuckery, and I, I say that with with the greatest respect for you know my practicing Protestant friends. I don't mean you, but you know when 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 you when you look at the doctrines that developed over time out of that, you get the Puritans, and you get this literally this idea of um, success being a sign of God's earthly favor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God wants you to be wealthy. You just have to do the right things and make God happy and you'll be you'll 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 be good in this life, which is an unchristian idea like that's that's antithetical to the idea of what you're supposed to be trying to do as a Christian. If you're a Christian, you should be St. Francis of Assisi, which is to say, I don't own anything. You know, everything, everything I have, I'm giving over to those who are less fortunate than me. I'm I'm working, you know, my my motive is to is is other people, you know, and anyway. So 
you know, th- this episode, unfortunately, I, you know, cause, cause you mentioned, you know, this, this, I don't know what to call this thing of, mm-hmm. of you know, we, we just want jobs and, and what it is, is it's, it's this, it's this Protestant work ethic, this, this idea that there are deserving poor and there are undeserving poor. Right. And, and this episode I think is naive in that we don't ever see anybody go like, well, you know, uh, we, we can't, you know, no, nobody ever says we can't. Uh, eliminate the 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 sanctuaries and and reinstitute employment and do all this. We can't do any of that because you know, like they don't deserve it, right? You know, so they, they're going to game the system. You know, they're they're not they're not they're not really going to look for jobs. They're going to they're going to try to get you know booze and drugs or whatever. well, they had a name for them. You know, Those are gimmies. Yeah, people looking for free handouts. Yeah. Yeah, there were gimmies and there were ghosts. Ghosts are the ones who are essentially criminals. They've they've given up. Uh, they're yeah. now not even the underbelly. And then there are dims, people who can't help it. So gimmies yeah. are greedy. Ghosts are predacious or pre- predatory. And yeah. uh, dims can't help it. But none of them deserve it. Uh, and that's really the thing. See, what gets me about uh, the whole thing is that, like he said it in the beginning, he's like, it's, it's not that they don't care. It's that they've given up trying to fix it. And that feels very much like what you're talking about. Is It's it's not that society has stopped caring because people care from about 8 o'clock till 11 o'clock every Sunday. Um, <laughs> but they have kind of given up. And, and I think a society where predestination exists might, uh, or as a theme or as a... Uh, a cultural holdover might give itself more over to that. But I also think that shit's hard, man. Like, and when people have been breaking this system for the last 60 years, um, 50 years, uh, and, and at that time it was an imperfect system. It was a system that needed to be, um, torn down a bit. Uh, and yeah. and reformed, and instead of reforming it, people were like, "Nope, let's just break it down because deserve versus not." Um, I think that yeah. that that th- what they're saying is is clearly an outcropping of that. Yeah, you know, and and part of you know the the whole the whole idea of dims, and and we have you know multiple characters showing up who are some kind of law enforcement in you know uniforms with with weapons. Yeah. Identified by such, yeah, goes yeah. goes back to um, another conversation we had outside of the show, mm-hmm. where you know, um, in the in the seventies, um, public institutions for mental health were defunded and abolished, mm-hmm. and they needed, like you said, parts of that system needed to be torn down. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and and they they were, but what was supposed to happen was that money was supposed to go into community, as I mentioned before, community-based mental health, and instead, right. it wound up going to more cops. It wound up going to uh, training cops to operate the way the army was operating in Vietnam, with you know cruisers and and long-distance patrols, whereas in Vietnam they were using helicopters. Right. You know. And and separating them further from the community, which then winds up rolling over into what what these episodes didn't touch on because it's Roddenberry's future, which is the idea that, you know, 
in our real world, there's a really, really powerful racial component to all of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we get we get a little we get a, a little bit of that from from Cisco. We get a little bit of that. I think we episode. get that visually and yeah. we get that kind of uh, sub rosa, but we don't yeah. get that overtly stated in any way. But yeah. you like you said and like I'd said, like, look at who gets put where. Look at the casting uh, from the different scenes and, and what have you. So, yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, if if anything in the last, geez, um, since camera phones have been a thing, uh, has, has shown us, um, it's that that is absolutely 100% a, a true thing that's um, happened for a long, long time in this country and, and continues to happen. I mean, yeah. we are, I think, a week removed from the shooting in Kenosha. And that was after three months of demonstrations and protests about what happened one state over in in Minneapolis. So clearly there's a racial component to it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And a a caprice uh, toward um, black folks and toward uh, toward their bodies and and their lives that there does not exist uh, for white folks. Yeah. So. And, and again, how did we let it get there? Well, some people would point out that uh, it's, it's always been that way. We've just been hitting the yeah. snooze button. Um, and somebody <laughs> would point out that, um, that absolutely it's gotten here because people, it's not that they don't care, it's that they gave up. And yeah, uh, yeah I don't have any solutions. Unfortunately, Star Trek doesn't tell us how we're going to get to... Um, getting to replicate whatever we want um, for food. That would be neat, but... It, Wouldn't suck. Yeah, but it does say we have to go through something called the eugenics war first, so that's... that's That doesn't sound good. Awful, yeah. That, so. that really... I don't like that. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, so... so all right. <laughs> what you reading? Anything? Uh, well, I'm, I'm again going to, as I did... Uh, couple of episodes ago i'm going to plug uh the flying tigers by sam kleiner uh which is the the story of uh the pilots who uh fought against the japanese in china uh even before our entry into world war ii um which even at the time was being turned into uh movie myth making uh john wayne of course made the famous film the flying tigers uh, which is actually a pretty good war movie, I gotta say. Um, and I mean, it suffers from being a relic of the '40s, but sure, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna recommend that. It's a very good read and a really remarkable story out of history. Nice. How about you? I'm gonna recommend another TV show this week. Um, now I am looking for an escape <laughs> every <laughs> once in a while, uh, probably because. I've spent more than 40 hours this week just negotiating with my district, so I would like to say that that's time-stamping this this episode, too, but we will see. Um, so I'm going to say uh, watch Letterkenny. Uh, I've, I've mentioned it before. <laughs> I watched a few more episodes again. Got another buddy of mine into it. Um, it just 
oh my god so clever such wonderful writing um escapes uh, a lot of what you got going on in your world um and and just tells a fun little story about a few people in a place and it's it's right. it's nice you get to see some cool character arcs in it too so all right yeah all right i i have been meaning to check it out i need to actually take the time and sit down and you do. and really watch it get, so yeah get now, your wife. is that is that amazon or is that hulu i found hulu. it on hulu right. Um, okay. I forget what studio makes it. You could probably find their own streaming service. Everybody okay. has one. Um, but get your wife to sit down with you and watch it. It's but turn on the uh, subtitles. Well, you're going to do that <laughs> anyway because you're a parent. But uh, yeah. But, but turn on the, subtitles because you absolutely need subtitles for it because they're Canadians. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sounds so, good. Where I can like we it. find you on social medias? All right. So on the social medias. Uh, speaking of Letterkenny, Squirrely Dan, um, I can be found uh, on on the TikToks uh, at E H Blaylock, uh, and on Twitter on the Twitter machine uh, at the same address E H Blaylock. Uh, on Instagram, I am at Mister Blaylock M R B L A Y L O C K, and uh, as I always point out. Uh, we can collectively be found uh, on Twitter as uh, Geek History Time. And where can you be found? Oh, there's one last place. Uh, you can always find me in a beer garden when one is open, uh, socially distancing now, of course. But, you know, it's a good place to look if, you, if you're trying to find where I am. Where can you be found? Oh, it's funny, too, because you mentioned the beer garden. When I was in Berlin two years ago, for only three days, there's a whole group of yeah. teachers. Um, yeah. Got in an argument with one of them uh, in the Topography of Terror Museum, uh, which used oh. to be the old SS headquarters. Okay. Uh, I got to tell that story sometime. But after that night where I took the really radical stance of attacking Nazis is acceptable. Um, yeah. You, you communist, you. Uh, you know? <laughs> Well, really, it's because I was doing, I was advocating violence, and that's just as bad as advocating genocide, apparently. Because, yeah, it was oof. So they all went to yet yeah. another beer garden. Like you know, third third day okay. in, they went to a beer garden. I went and found a comedy club and performed at it. Yeah, well, so yeah, we all we was, all we all have our our different unhealthy coping mechanisms. Exactly. So you know, so, <laughs> I just talk into a microphone <laughs> and insist that people listen for eight minutes at a time. But uh, anyway, social media wise, you can find me at Da Harmony um, on the the Twitter and on the Insta. Uh, da Harmony has two H's in it. Uh, you can also find me every Tuesday night at eight thirty at uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Capital Puns, uh, and you'll see my unhealthy co- coping habits there too because I'll be punning. Uh, so that's, that's about it. So for a geek history of time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock and may you all live long and prosper. Well done.